What's up, soccer players? On this episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience, we are talking about disc herniations and what they are, um, what they're like in both younger and older players, and how we can best treat them. So hope you guys enjoy the show. Let's start off very, very basic. Will a six-pack help me as a soccer player? Logically. Why pre-game meals are important. If you do strength training, you can generate more force on the ground. It will take you less stride to get that ball. Until you get there, you can make that up with hard work and dedication and training. On top of it, right? So if you're a player that has little to no training history, imagine the, the gains and speed that you can get in such a short period of time because you're doing things. This is why strength training is important. I don't care how you do your strength training. I don't. You know, some people like to go to the gym. I just wanted to double down on that really quick. The point is, you have to get stronger. Hello, soccer players. Welcome to this latest episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. It is me, your co-host, Andy, with my main man, Berg. Berg, how you doing today, bro? I'm chilling, bro. Just um, created all my content for this week. So I'm I'm free. I feel free now. You so feel free. A, Let's go. Yeah, there's, there's a freedom when you actually get all your stuff done. Well, most what's, of it. Uh, what's on the agenda this week? Like, what, what do you got content-wise? Um, content-wise, I got, you know, the one mistake you're making in your content. Andy, if you make content on Instagram, on Facebook, and on YouTube, you should tune in because that's going to okay. revolutionize how you make your content. You see that? Just promo right there on the podcast <laughs> off the top, too. <laughs> you don't Let's even go. know. <laughs> Let's go. For, for you guys who, who don't know, um, oh, Berg is actually... Um, he's also a, a business and life coach. What, like, you want to explain about what you do? Because I know there's there's probably some PTs out there that are listening that have like a little bit of an entrepreneurial itch. So let's let's plug what you do. Let's see what you um, got. Okay, well, let's do that. So I officially allowed myself to call myself a business coach. Um, all I was doing was using Instagram because I know how to go on Instagram. I use that skills to actually help people get clients. But when you really think about it, Getting people to get clients on social media is like a business. <laughs> that's that's business strategy. So that's all I was doing. So, but I had a lot of imposter syndrome. So I finally got rid of all that. Now I'm finally calling myself a business coach. Basically, what I do is I help. I I work mostly with life coaches, new life coaches, and new coaches in general. If you if you you know have something that you want to coach, you got your certification, but you don't really know how to get clients using social media. This is where I come in. Um, what I do primarily is help someone embrace their story, their unique story that they have that can be used to actually attract your ideal client and actually impact people. I help you actually embrace that story, polish it, and bring it out to the world so that you can do those things, attract your clients and impact people. And once you get there, then we reverse engineer the story um, so you can create a system and an offer to actually help other people get that transformation that you had. And then the rest is basically, you know, figure out how to make content using those stories and creating a system where you can actually have sales conversation with people on automatic. This is what I do. And I've been doing that for about a year. Let's go. Vamos, yo. That was hype, bro. That was like 90 seconds off the top, bro. That was crazy. <laughs> Is that the first time you heard my offer? Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, damn, he said that and that and that. Let's go, yeah, bro. Come on, but I do Let's this. Let's go. Let's go. I do so this. You guys, you know, I know, I know for a fact, some of you out there, I, I know for a fact you're listening. You're like, yeah, 
I need some of that in my life. Uh, check out Berg on IG. You changed your handle recently. What I is it? Coaching now? with Berg now. It's coaching with Berg. Coaching with Berg. Love it. Love it. Um, yeah. Let, let's get into today's episode. Uh, we're talking about disc herniations. Ooh. Special shout out to Corey who sent me this uh, this topic on Instagram the other day. He sent it on Wednesday. I hit him back right away. I'm like, you know what? We're gonna record this this weekend just for you. So. Uh, Tere, I hope you you enjoy this episode we're about to do right now. And if you guys do want us to go over a topic that you choose, just send one of us a DM on Instagram and we got you. We'll get it recorded right away. Absolutely. And that's kind of how we're going to do this moving forward. Give you guys exactly what you want to hear. So let's start it off. Berg, disc herniation. What is it? Like, tell the people, like, what do we got here? Okay. So disc herniation is, oh man, it's, I don't, I don't. I don't really wish that on anyone because it's it's brutal. I've I've treated so many people with full blown disc herniation, man, it, and it is not pretty. Um, in a sense, what it is, it's basically you. So if you're looking at your vertebrae, right, each vertebrae there's a little space in between those vertebrae. Why right? we call those discs. Now, basically, what it does, just think about it as a car. You know, your car has like nice a shock absorber. So if you go into a pothole, right, your whole car don't come crashing down. Like it, it kind of like decelerate the the crash and make it very smooth. Like if you, you guys experience this, if you drive a new car and you can go over a pothole, you don't feel anything because that that those shocks, you know, they those those shocks absorb them and they absorb everything. This is what the disc in between the vertebrae does um, for us. It helps absorb compression. There are times what happened for whatever reason. Uh, reason weakness or you know life situation that requires too much force on that disc um cause it to kind of like burst you got the the disc has like a i would call it like a jelly thing inside of it and it, depending on if the disc is weak or if you experience like it's a, if there's a lot of compression and rotation force the disc can actually the the jelly can actually come out of the disc and when it does it kind of like push against your nerve right and when it does that you got like this excruciating pain going down your leg numbness and tingling you limping you can't feel your legs it's not pretty guys it is not pretty and if it, if if it stays for too long you can actually experience like what we call muscle atrophy we start losing some of your muscle mass because it's just pushing against that nerve for so long that you're not able to actually recruit actual uh muscle i mean actual power actual using your actual muscle to generate power so guess what happened when that when you get to that place like you start using your muscle less and less and it gets smaller you never want that to happen so seek a doctor if this is what you have because it's it's not pretty yeah and and berg that was that was a great explanation of of what kind of we're dealing with um i just wanted to add on to the fact that Although I agree with everything you said, that is still a theory. And mm. back pain in particular is one of the most misunderstood concepts in all of medicine because nobody can agree like what is actually going on. You can ask one world expert in back pain so and say, like, explain a herniation. They'll do it one way versus you go to New Zealand. They're like, oh, that's completely false. We debunked that 20 years ago. You go over to England and they say, you know what? They're both wrong. We're going to do it this way. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a really tough concept for especially people like you guys to understand because it seems like maybe every time you go to the doctor or a PT, they all have different explanations as to 
what's actually going on. Oh, but that's um, that's so for back tough. pain, though. That's for back pain. What we're talking about is disc herniation. So disc herniation, when you have back pain, disc herniation can be one of the reasons why you have back pain. It's not the all and be all, but it can be one of the reasons. That's why Andy's saying like back pain is like the hardest thing to treat because it it could be so many different things. But it's one of those cases where what we're discussing today, when you back pain caused by a disc herniation or a disc injury. Well, well, not just back pain in general. It could be neck, too. That's true. That's true. Um, and yeah, like you were saying, it, it does happen sometimes to footballers. Um, before the pod, you mentioned, yeah, Diego Costa had a had a disc in his neck, in his neck yeah. that, was, uh, that was injured. Yeah, he did. He did. He had, like, numbness in his arm, and he couldn't play. So they had to take him off. Um, I believe he, he, he sat down for, like, what was it, like, two to three weeks or something like that. And maybe it might have been something minor. But um, they definitely made him go see like a, a, a neurosurgeon just to see to what extent um, the, the disc herniation was and how much he was compressing against the nerve in his neck. Uh, but he got back to playing and scoring goals. So it, it wasn't it's just something that they, they were able to solve right away with him. By right away, I mean like relatively fast. Yeah, yeah. Um and disc herniations in younger people, I would say younger than 30, 35, mm-hmm. it's a pretty rare occurrence. Um, it, it's actually quite rare. And if you do have numbness or tingling and you're under the age of like 30 or 35, that is something that you should definitely see somebody about because um, it, it's not to be expected. Once you're older than that, though, it is it is pretty common, actually. And you guys would be surprised of, you know, you, you guys hear of people going to get MRIs because they have a disc herniation or back pain and the doc or the MRI says like, yes, you have a massive herniation and that's likely the cause of your pain. Um, what you don't know is that if you take MRIs of a bunch of random people walking around oh the street, God. you're, you're going to find herniations on them too. And they, they may have absolutely no symptoms at all whatsoever. So it's it's a very tricky thing to kind of comprehend. That is the that is the thing because um that's one of the thing that just messed me up towards the end of um, PC school because we spent like the second year learning all this stuff like oh my god if they have numbness and tingling man it it absolutely has to be like a herniated disc or something like that and then towards the end uh, in my internship. The guy was saying, well, yeah, you know, look at all these MRI. They all have herniated discs. Well, I was like, man, these people must have a lot of back pain. And he's like, guess what? None of them had back pain. And I was just dumbfounded <laughs> by the fact that, wait, how come <laughs> this thing here shows that the disc is bulging, but they have absolutely no pain? So it, it just goes to show you yeah. just like it's the level of, um, I think, I I believe, I don't know if there's any, I I, I believe that a lot of it, comes down to like just how much inflammation you have in that section where the disc is bulged or herniated how much inflammation is there um and how much that inflammation is is affecting the nerve i think i don't know what you yeah, think about that but it is deep honestly i i have no idea if i'm being completely honest um but going off that inflammation theory um one of the things that at least I advocate for when somebody does have a true acute 
experience of radicular or disc related back pain is um, some sort of anti-inflammatory to help that disc um, calm down. Because going off of that jelly donut analogy that you said, um, another p- a concept that most people don't know is that that jelly can actually go back to its proper place. By itself. Right? That yep. disc can go back to its proper place. It's just a matter of time of how long that process can take. And that's where me and you, Berg, we, that's where we help people out is because we can help expedite that process. Because one of the biggest things we can do is say, okay, how much can we move? Because movement is going to bring yeah. quality, good blood flow to the area. That's going to help the disc go back where it should be. Um, but what else can we do? Can we get on some sort of anti-inflammatory or, or a 3, 5, 7, 10-day steroid pack that can also Ooh. help to drastically decrease the inflammation? Absolutely. But it, it goes by case by case. So if someone is like really bad, they have a lot of pain, they can't walk, I'm going to send that person to see a, 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 an orthopedic surgeon first. Because sometimes people come to the clinic, they're in such, much, such pain, bro, you can't really do anything. Anything hurts. You yeah. touch it, they, yeah. they scream. You make them sit down, they scream. You make them raise their leg, they scream. Like you, They can't even sit down. They can't stand. So those people, they're not appropriate to work with right off the bat because they just irritated the best thing i would i usually recommend them all right so let's 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 see let's get you to see an orthopedic um um so we can do so see what else get some imaging to confirm just the severity of this and maybe it's if it's as severe then they can give you like a cortisone shot that's typically what they start people with in those extreme cases where it's like super bad give people cortisone shot just to like reduce the inflammation um that way that provides a window of opportunity for us physical therapy to come in and just all right so now you have less inflammation you're in less pain let's start that let's start speeding up that healing process let's get you to moving let's get you moving let's kind of reduce the sensitivity in the muscle in the lower back um because you know whenever you have this anything like everything's jacked up um so we do the sensitivity with movement with massage with whatever modality that you want to use um and then from there it's just a matter of time and there are also specific exercise that you can do to to help um sort of like i would say like bring the jelly back into the donut into the disc so to speak but i to be honest with you i bought that um as a concept in pt school but you know i never actually really thought about it like is 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 uh doing lumbar extension when you're doing backward bending when you do when you have a herniated disc is that really bringing the jelly back into the donut like yeah and this this is where it gets into those debates this is a very earlier of like yeah they might do that in england but in in new zealand that's completely like a no-no and in some parts of the U.S., a lot of people do it, and others they don't. It's it's all very much dependent on the PT or the rehab provider that you're seeing and the training that they've had. Um, oh. The way, honestly, that I go about it is when it comes to all of those directional movements is if it hurts, don't do it. And if it doesn't hurt, then do it and go from there. And keep track of which movements hurt and what range of motion you have while doing that and make sure that's progressing over time. Because if it's not, then you have an issue. Um, yeah, it's a it's a lot of experimentation in the beginning. And uh, some of you must be conf- you may be confused by, by the fact that I said that. But, you know, every everyone that comes with 
let's say you have a disc bulge or a herniated disc, everyone's going to present, well, they present similar, but they respond differently to different treatment, different movement. Like I had somebody come, he had a herniated disc, he could tolerate. So for those of those of you who don't know, to give you context, if someone, the way we, we got taught in PT school, or the way I got taught, I can't put you in that same boat as me, but the way I got taught is you come in, you have a herniated disc, and then I try to, the treatment that I learned, um, it's pos- position and movement-based treatment. So if somebody has herniated this, you try to have them do some sort of backward bending exercise, like a cobra stretch or laying on your stomach and uh, putting your hand, your weight onto your elbow. So that way you're in a backward bending position. Then the theory is you, you, you kind of like f- forcing the, the herniated part to go back into the disc. That's how I was taught about it. Um, but to be honest with you, like I just thought, I, and then I just bought it as Bible. And in the first year I started treating as a physical therapist, people come to me with herniated disc and my God, like they couldn't even tolerate like doing like backward bending. Like they couldn't, they couldn't do that at all. So I was like mad confused. Like here's this book, here's the literature telling me to do this. And then I'm trying to get real people to do this and they can't. So what do you, yeah, they can't do So what do you do? The same thing. Just, well, if they can't do this, just putting them in the position that they can tolerate and then try start doing exercise from that position. And that's it. That's, that's just how I yep. learn it. And, and then you progress. You know, sometimes people can't tolerate just laying on their stomach the first two weeks. And then the three weeks you go and say, oh, okay, that's not bad. Oh, I can tolerate being on my stomach, but I have to like put my, I have to like contorse my body a little bit. It's like, oh, perfect. Let's, hey, listen, this is the position that makes you feel comfortable. You get relief. Let's try staying in that position all the time until you yeah. get things comes down. It's all about, <laughs> to be, one thing I learned, Andy, as a therapist, it's all about like making sure that things comes down or we don't piss things off more than, than what it yeah. actually is. If we can this actually is, do that, then <laughs> if we can actually do that. So if you have a disc herniation, guys, like, or you think it's disc related, try your best to not piss it off even more or trying to find position where you, that gives you relief. And once you find that position, then just stay in those position most of the time until you can tolerate other position. This is true. This is very, very true. And, um, once you kind of get through all of your symptoms and once you see somebody that can help you along the the reintroduce like the reintroduction back into soccer it's a little bit tricky yeah, mostly because a lot of players do take the right step of okay I'm going to go back and I'm going to start doing individual training before I jump in with my team because you know um I just had this injury now the one thing you really have to recognize is there are certain movements in soccer that really piss off the low back if they're done at a high volume without mm-hmm. any sort of preparation, and that is shooting. And we all know if you're going to train on your own, you're, you're probably ripping like 100 shots. So oh my um, God. be careful. Be careful. And it takes a lot of discipline to be able to hold yourself back out of some some movements, but just recognize the fact that shooting is one of the most provocative movements in sports when it comes to um, using the low back as a tool to generate power. 
So um, make sure you're you're careful in that regard. Yeah, one of the aggravating fast faster. One of the most aggravating factor um, is uh, you know a lot of repeated forward bending and lots of twisting. So those movements tend to make things worse. So the one of the best thing we can do is stay away from any of those movements in the beginning. You know, you can go take your walk. You know, there's no shame as an athlete. There's no shame in going and take a walk instead of going in the field and trying to sprint or do anything strenuous like that. That puts a lot of put increase that, like the compression of the disc and make things worse. Like you don't want to do that. Yeah. And what a great opportunity to work on things that you may not normally have the time to to work on. Things like your weak foot. You know, why don't you work on that for like a week? And that'll that'll do you some great. Some of you, some of you really need it. Trust me, you really do. Um, work on things like that where it's like, okay, I, I can't really do anything strenuous. What are things that I really need to improve? Like work on your touch. That's not strenuous at all. You know, there there are plenty of things you can do. Absolutely. You know, there's other things. Yeah, other things you can also like find different ways to keep your cardio up uh, too. Um, I'm not sure just how good the bike is depending on whether you can tolerate sitting in that position for too long. I don't know. So there's a certain exercise you have to experiment just to see if 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 it doesn't. Because I, you know, I was going to say like these these ones are good, but at the same time, like people have different presentation. Like they might get on a bike, they might get on the assault bike and make their symptom worse. And somebody yeah. else who have the same issue can get on the assault bike and have no problem. So um, it, it, that's why it's important to see a uh, to see a provider, you know, as physical therapist for this, who can actually guide you along the process. Um, or if you want to experiment on your own, that's fine too. <laughs> it's okay, but uh, with a with a physical therapist, you 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 know cut your your learning your learning time so much faster by actually doing the actual movement. Cause that's what they're going to help you do in physical therapy, figure out what movement actually makes you feel good and what movement to stay away from. And then from there you can, they can prescribe you like a, 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 a cardio program just to keep your heart rate up, just to keep stay at least somewhat conditioned while you recover from this surgery. I mean surgery. No, why you recover from this from this injury? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, said, I feel I like said we surgery. both can't talk today. We're both tired. But uh, no, no, uh, I can't. I know. I just yeah. surgery injuries, similar words. <laughs> but speaking of which, right now that I said surgery, right? Um, that's another. When it gets really bad, that's another option. Um, to get some some relief, I mean, just just go and get surgery and get this get this resolved. And that in itself is another caveat because. You can still get symptoms after the surgery. What do you? What are you? What's your take on that? What do you know about that one, man? Uh, well, two things. One, talk about inflammation. If uh, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta cut through some things to get to that disc, right? You gotta yeah, cut through no, some skin, man. some muscle. Maybe if you're doing like a laminectomy, you gotta cut away some bone. Then you can get to the disc. Oh, that's a lot of. It's a lot of inflammation. Um, point number two. It's funny. I'm seeing somebody right now. He's got crippling, ridiculous, low back pain, nummy, tingly, yada, yada, yada. He's had it for 20 years. Um, got a fusion. So for you guys who don't know, a fusion is when they take those, those bones in your back and they attach metal rods to them to stick them together. That way they can't move. 
That way no mm. disc materials can can go anywhere because everything is completely stuck. Um, talk about inflammation. Talk about inflammation. Um, so he has the surgery from L1 to S1. So pretty oh much his entire, his entire low back is completely Why? Fused. And so he's um, got he had herniated discs at all level. It, I I don't know. This happened quite a long time ago, and he recently got a revision. And he said, "You know what? I had low back pain before the surgery. I got the surgery, and right now my pain is exactly the same." Oh my god! And I'm like, "Yo, that's uh, <laughs> oh. that is quite unfortunate." But this is where we are, unfortunately. Um, so. That kind of sums up my thoughts on uh, on surgery. Unless it's like really, really like, yo, this is life-threatening and we need to get this situated, then it really is a last resort because you can't undo that, right? Once that's in there, that's in there. You There are, there are no steps back from there. It's funny you said last resort because uh, some of my, the patient that I had, we're like, yeah, the doctor wants to do surgery. I said, um, why? He said, yeah, you know, it's there. You know, it's minor to moderate, so he's going to do a surgery. To I would say it's minor to moderate, and you're going to do surgery? It's like, <laughs> please get a second opinion. And if it's not severe, don't do it. You know, if you if you had a hernia this for so long and you can't walk, and it's been like it's been like a year and numbness is still there, and now you're walking with the cane, then, you know, this is a time where you might consider like some sort of decompression surgery. Uh, but if the, if you had this and it happened like a month ago, no, don't even consider that. Nope. Yeah, it's um, it's tough. It's tough. But um, yeah, I guess in summary, right? Um, if you're a young person and your lower back hurts and you think you have a herniation, chances are you don't unless you have some sort of numbness or tingling. And if you do have that, you should definitely get that checked out. Yes, definitely. And then, yeah, if you're a little bit older, um, yeah, you could have it or, you, you know, the, the imaging is very, very vague. And even the conclusions that we draw from them aren't the greatest either. Um, but in general, we treat them with some sort of anti-inflammatory and helping you move and finding the directions you can move in without making it more angry and then reintroducing things such as shooting um, at a slow pace. That's it. It's really all there is to it. Usually time will actually be on your best. Um, time will be your best friend because with time and with the proper progression, it will it will get better. Most of uh, herniated discs get better on their own. So if you get help from a professional, then it gets better a little bit faster. Um, but yeah. Cool. Well, um, yeah. Thanks, guys. For thanks again, guys, for listening. We will see you next week, and be sure to give us a five star review on iTunes so we can uh, we can go up in the ratings. And by the way, thank you guys for listening, Berg. We hit thirty thousand downloads, I think, a week and a half ago. So that's that's a pretty oh big milestone. Thirty k, thirty k. Yeah, that, that's not bad, cool, huh? For something we do on a Sunday night, <laughs> right? <laughs> not bad. <laughs> Not, not bad, bad, you know. Not bad. A little two, three minute prep, and we got thirty k. So, uh, man, we hopefully we'll be able to. Uh, we're gonna get some sponsors soon. We're gonna we're gonna do some things to make the show a little bit better for you guys. But again, if you guys have topics you want us to go over, send one of us a DM. We'll get it done. Our last three episodes have all been requests from you guys. 
So we will definitely prioritize that in what we want to make for you guys in terms of content. Perfect. All right, guy. Peace out. All right. Peace.